Well, hey, Heritage, how are you doing? I am so glad that you are connecting in with us this weekend. It's going to be a great time of worship. And uh, from wherever you happen to be watching at, I am just excited to see what's going to happen when we connect with God, with others, and with our purpose. Uh, one of the things that I love about the Heritage family is, uh, is that we are one church and we kind of express our worship in multiple languages. And so one of the things that you'll notice very quickly uh, about how we lean into worship is that we'll kind of trade off going from English to Spanish and kind of back and forth. And one of the reasons we do this is because we have a large uh, group of people in our family that uh, their, their heart language is Spanish. And so I think it's a privilege actually to be able to express worship in multiple languages and, uh, and just to express worship uh, maybe in different ways, but, but it's the same God that is meeting with us. And, uh, and so it's exciting. And if you think about it, it's a, a little bit of a teaser for what heaven's going to be like when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Uh, it's this just a great practice for what new creation is going to be like. And it's pretty cool. And I, I love that we get to do that together. Now, this weekend, we're going to be leaning back into a teaching series that we launched last weekend called All You Need Is Love. And it's a look at 1 John, the, the very first letter that John wrote to the church. And it's just packed full of great things that we're going to be able to lean into and, and learn. And so I'm excited about this. Now, last weekend, we talked about uh, kind of jumping into a Bible reading plan together. And uh, it's not too late. If you want to get uh, into that reading plan, you go to Uversion and uh, just search Writings of John. And uh, it's a 25-day plan, so you can still jump in on this. And uh, we would love to have you read along with us as we go. One of the key truths that we will run across as we study 1 John is the idea that God is love and He wants to pour out His love upon you and me. I think that's a great truth that brings great comfort, and I hope it does for you, to consider that Almighty Creator God, the same God that, that formed the highest mountain and filled the deepest ocean with water, is the same God that wants to connect with you uh, interpersonally, that He wants to pour out His love upon you. That is such a great truth, and, and my prayer is that it would bring comfort and confidence to you and that you would bask in the glow of this truth as we get ready to lift our voices together and worship our amazing, almighty Creator God. Faith be the song that calms the storm inside 
cielos en armonía A ti adoramos Solo en ti soy libre Solo en ti hay vida Con cielos en armonía A ti adoramos This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise you This is what heaven looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise you We see you break down every wall We'll watch the giants fall For a picking Whoever believes in Him will live forever. 
failures bring your addictions come lay them down at the foot of the cross Jesus is waiting God so loved the world Amen that is such great truth that we can know and we can understand here today that God so loved the world God so loved you that he gave his only son to save us to save you and so let's listen to the the words of first john that we're going to be traveling through here together it says this is the message that we heard from jesus and now declare to you that god is light and there is no darkness in him at all so we are lying if we say that we have fellowship with god but go on living in spiritual darkness we are not practicing the truth but if we are living in the light as god is in the light then we have the fellowship with each other and the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all sin such a great truth a great reminder for us that god gave his son jesus christ so that we could have life we could have love and we could have grace and freedom and forgiveness through him through the blood of his son who sacrificed for us so let us sing about that light of the world that stepped down into darkness for me and for you light of the world you step down into darkness Open my eyes, let me see Beauty that made this heart adore you Hope of a life spent with you Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down here I am to say that you're my God You're altogether lovely Altogether worthy Altogether wonderful to me King of all days, oh so highly exalted Glorious in heaven above Humbly you came to the earth you created All for love's sake became poor Here I am to worship Here I am to bow down Here I am to say that you're my God you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. And I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross.
Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Father, we will never know what you fully gave in your son so that we could have life and freedom and so that our sin could be washed away, that we could be free, that we could be white as snow, that we could be clean before you so that we could have full relationship and connection with you. We will never know. But Father, we are so thankful and grateful for what you have done. So I want to continue to honor you now as we continue and open your word together. Speak to us. Reveal your heart, your love for us in a new and a deep way so that we can respond even more fully to you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in today. It's a privilege to once again gather for worship and prayer and some study in God's Word. And and whether you're leaning in as you sit in the Rock Island campus, or maybe from the comfort of your own living room, or perhaps in your driveway with a whole bunch of friends and family, it's great to be with you, especially in these days as we continue to navigate this season. You know, as a church, We consider it a privilege to continue to provide ways for you and your family to connect to God, to each other, and to your purpose. It's our heartbeat for you. We we want you to know, whether you've walked with us as a church for a long time or just recently, that you are loved. God loves you, we love you, and we care about you and what you're going through in this season. And as we all continue to navigate the things of these days, I want you to know that we're going to continue to offer our in-person and our online expressions as opportunities to connect with God, each other, and our purpose, which allows you to continue to engage as you have been. And I encourage you to engage, engage as you are comfortable because we're going to do what we've been doing through the month of August. And we'll continue to assess and evaluate the best ways to serve along the way. But I love that we have the ability to connect, to continue to study, to learn, to worship, and to pray. And again, invite you to engage as you feel comfortable in this season. We're going to continue to take right steps in the weeks ahead, but invite you to stay connected with us because we're here for you and we're with you. Encourage you to use social media, email, even our web contact form to let us know what's going on in your world and how we can help, especially how we can pray for you because we do. And we want you to know you're not alone in this journey. We, together as a church family, are more together than we are apart. And we want to continue to chase the things of Jesus with you. It's a privilege to do it. And it's a privilege even today to lean back into a study that we started last week that we're calling All You Need Is Love. It's a journey in one particular part of the Bible, a book known as 1 John. And it's an opportunity for all of us to to go deeper in our relationship with God, each other, and our purpose. In fact, last week, I challenged and encouraged all of us to be willing to stop asking if we agree and start asking if we love. 
That's not an invitation to forfeit truth or to avoid healthy conversation. It's simply an invitation to prioritize love and let it be the starting point and foundation for all we do. Not simply because it works, but because it's what Jesus calls us to do. He actually said that we would be known by our love. And we understand that all we need is love. So we're looking at how we do that, how we live that out. And today, I want to start with this. This piece of cake. This is a strawberry cream cake, and it's, it just looks delicious. But I have to tell you, I, I actually prefer pie over cake. I'll, I'll take a piece of pie over any piece of cake any day. And, and just for clarity, I, there's only two types of pie that I like. One crust or two crust. Just two. One that has a crust on the bottom and the ones that have crust on top and bottom. I just like two types of pie. <laughs> but here's the thing. Although I like pie, this cake looks delicious. And the reason I bring it before you today is I want to ask if you've ever heard the statement, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Have you heard that before? It's, a, it's actually a figure of speech that implies that we can't simultaneously keep it and then also eat it. It can't be kept and eaten, that you can't retain it and consume it, that once it's eaten, it's gone. And some of you may argue, it's not gone, it's just in my belly, I still have it. Okay, I get that. But it is a figure of speech, it's an expression that's highlighting how we can't have two incompatible, incongruent things, because some things just can't coexist at the same time. They, it is a either-or dynamic and not a both-and dynamic. There are just some things that can't exist together. It's one or the other. Now, again, I am, I am someone who likes pie more than cake, so I'm just going to set this over here and make it available for anyone who wants to eat it when they want it. Now, <laughs> well, there you go. You literally can't have and eat your cake, too. There are just some things that can't coexist, and maybe, hang with me, maybe there are some things you can think of that fit in that category, like war and peace fire and ice, noise and silence, love and hate. They're the kind of things that if we choose them, we are inherently choosing the other. If we choose one, we're inherently choosing the other, and in some ways rejecting the other altogether. It's either or, not both and. And some things just simply can't coexist. And if we don't understand that, we can find ourselves frustrated in life, living in a paradigm under attention where we're trying to lay hold of two things that cannot exist together, where we're trying to lay hold of something that is an either-or paradigm, and we're trying to treat it as a both-and, when we really just need to choose. And, and that's the dynamic that we find laid out in what a man by the name of John wrote in a book of the Bible that we know as First John. Now, you may recall that, that John uh, was one of Jesus' 12 disciples, that he actually wrote a number of books of the Bible. Uh, he's the son of Zebedee. He and his brother James followed Jesus together. Jesus gave them the nickname Sons of Thunder, which I'd love to hear the backstory on that. But they weren't just followers among the 12 disciples. They were among a group of three, Jesus' inner circle along with a guy named Peter. Peter, James, and John were part of an inner circle for Jesus. And in our all-you-need-is-love journey, we're leaning into a letter that John wrote. And we're actually taking steps into the next six verses of chapter 1 in 1 John. So if you have a Bible, I invite you to grab it and turn to 1 John. You can find it by going to the very back, Walk forward through Revelation and Jude, you'll find 2nd and 3rd John. We are in 1st John chapter 1, and we're doing the next six verses of chapter 1. Now, as you're turning, one of the things that, that you might be able to see today is simply that in these six verses, John, first in verse 5, lays a foundation. Then in the next two verses, 6 and 7, he gives practical application. But then in the last three verses, 8, 9, and 10, he gives needed clarification. So as we read through this today, I invite you to leave him to listen for those things. But let's, let's be prepared for what God wants to say to us today. 1 John chapter 1, starting verse 5. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. Right out of the gate, John is saying, look, I'm not making this up. 
He's citing his source. He's giving credit for it. And he's saying, I'm, I'm sharing in entirety. I'm sharing with great clarity what has been said. So here's what it is. The reality is, as he says, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. John is giving a fact and he's giving a foundation. It's clearly about God, but it's for us. So that we would understand that there is light and darkness, good and evil. That we would understand it is an either-or paradigm, not a both-and. And that we're all positioned and need to choose. In fact, if we don't choose light, we inherently end up with darkness. Because we live in a fallen world, we're a fallen people marked by sin, and we're, we're separated from God because of that sin. That's a bit of the reality we face. But John, as he's writing here, moves on into a bit of application. Verse 6, he says, so we, and he's talking about all believers because this was a letter written to all believers of the day. It was to be circulated around the different church communities. He says, we, as followers of Jesus, are, are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. It's the either-or paradigm, not living in truth. But then in verse 7, here he goes. This is good news. He says, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we, one, have fellowship with each other, and two, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The, the, the good news of Jesus, what we call or know as the gospel, the good news, is that Jesus offers life, not death. He offers hope, not despair. There's anticipation not regret. It is a dynamic of, of light and life and love. And it's accessible through him. That's what John is writing about in this letter. He wants us to understand that Jesus is the source. He is the reason. He's the way. He is the truth. Apart from Jesus, we can't have light and life and love to its fullest extent. We can get glimpses of it, but it's only in Jesus that we experience it. Yet, there's another foundation that's pretty important for us as we continue in the conversation today. You see, the goal of the gospel is not to make us better, not to make you and I better. The, the gospel, the Bible, is not a self-help plan. It's a rescue plan. Jesus didn't come to make us better. He came to make us whole. He came to restore, to, to free, to complete us. And, and so in our pursuit of him, Listen, in our pursuit of him, the goal is not to be a better version of ourselves, but to be a better reflection of him. The goal is not to be a better version of ourselves, but to be a better reflection of him, him who is light and life and love. Now, one thing we're going to see that John repeatedly uses when he writes are those words love and light and life. They're not only desirable, but they are the qualities of Jesus and the realities of who God actually is. And the crazy cool thing is that we can both experience those things and reflect those things. Those realities can be realities in our lives as we live in a posture of pursuing to be better reflections of him. The, the Bible, the gospel, the goal is not that we'd be better versions of ourselves, but that we would be better reflections of him, him who is light. And we can't do that if we choose darkness. It's either or, not both and. In fact, Jesus said something that John also wrote. He captured it in the Gospel of John, chapter 8. Jesus said this. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I think too many people miss having the light of life. They miss that fullness of experience of light and love and life because they're trying to be better versions of themselves rather than being better reflections of him. And I wonder as you process that paradigm, that either or paradigm, where you are in your own journey. Maybe you're even wondering, well, how do, how do I even know? Well, what John goes on to do next helps give us some handholds. What he's already said gives us some handholds. Because if you go back to this, in verses 5 and 6, there's a very interesting, surprising thing that comes out in verse 7 for me. When he's talking about, look, God is light, and then we can have fellowship. There is this almost kind of expect John to say that if we walk with Jesus, or walk with God in the light, we have light, but we have fellowship with God. But he doesn't say that. I mean, it's true, if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with God. But John doesn't say fellowship with God. He actually focuses on saying fellowship with each other. And he does it to make it very clear 
that when you and I walk with him who is light, it creates space for us to walk with others who walk with him as well. That's great. But understand the implications of that then. See, it's important to realize that, that when you and I, if, if we don't have fellowship with one another, well, then one or both of us aren't walking in the light. Because being in, the, being in right relationship with God will naturally allow us to be in right relationship with each other. Not always in agreement and, and not sameness, but unity and fellowship. That's one reason why John goes on to clarify and to add a bit more, verse 8 and into verse 10. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So when we drift, when, when we step outside of light into darkness, where we, when we go where we're not supposed to go, he can fix it when we step back into his authority. Verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. My friends, what, what we say and believe needs to align to how we live. And it, it kind of reminds me of a dynamic that I think many of us may be experiencing in this season. But in this very unique season, a lot of us are doing a lot of interaction online, a lot of digital interaction by video and other things. And it's really helpful. It's been great to stay connected. But the longer this whole thing goes, it can get kind of old. And quite honestly, some things can get frustrating about that technological space of engaging because sometimes there are glitches. Like, like one of the glitches would be when, the, when video and sound don't align. You ever, you ever experienced that? Where you see something, but it's not aligning to what you're hearing. Like perhaps even right now where you can see me speaking and talking, but you, what you're hearing is not aligning to what you are seeing on video. It's distracting. It's even annoying. When, when what we see doesn't align to what we hear, it's frustrating. It, it even starts to feel a little bit like those old-school martial arts movies that have been dubbed to English. But don't worry. We're fixing it. We did it on purpose. Because I want to illustrate something that it doesn't just happen, that dynamic doesn't just happen in the technological realities of life. It doesn't just happen in a techie world. It actually can happen in how you and I live in our lives. How you and I engage in the spiritual dynamic where, where we misalign words and actions. Where we say one thing and we do another. It's almost like wanting our, our cake and eating it too on a whole nother level. John understands that tension, and he's calling it out in all of us. In verse 6, when he says, if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. He said, it just can't be that way. We choose light or we choose darkness, not both. It's either or, not both and. And John is focused on helping us understand the lifestyle choice of that. He's not really focused in on the momentary lapses that we all have and experience in life. He's focusing on choosing a pattern of living where we keep doing what we know we're not supposed to do. A, a pattern lifestyle of living in darkness. Because, hear me, listen, the truth is our words and actions won't always align. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. And it's as hard as we may try, we won't always choose well. At times, our behavior won't align to our beliefs. But we can and we should still try. We should strive in his light and in his love and in his life. We want to be a people who strive in his love and live in his light. God wants our lives to be congruent, not incongruent, not misaligned. He wants us to have our words and our walk aligned together in relationship with him and in his light, where we honor him with our words and we walk in his light. Not necessarily in perfection, but in sincerity and consistency, where our words and actions align. Look, we, all of us, you and I, we, no matter where we've been or what we've done, are made by God and for God. He loves you. He loves me. Yet there is an incompatibility with God and sin. He's holy. You can't hang with sin. Yet he loved us enough not to leave us in that out-of-sync dynamic, stuck in our own incongruity, incongruity as a people who are created for something that we can't attain. 
He actually made a way. That the way is what John calls the life and the light. It, it's Jesus. And when we align our heart and our mind and our soul and our strength, we align our words and our actions and faithfulness to Jesus, well, then we can access light and life and love. We all have the same problem that we can't solve on our own. It's an incongruity and an incompatibility. We're made for God, but we sin. Those things can't, can't reconcile in space alone. We need light to drive out darkness. We need Jesus to cleanse us from sin, to forgive us. Sin is not, not a tension to manage in life. It is a problem to be solved in Jesus alone. He is the one that can do it. And we can find forgiveness in him. But I'm going to tell you, it's important to understand, we are not forgiven simply because we feel sorry for something. Uh, we, we, we can be forgiven whenever we actually position authority. We give him who is light, who has the ability and the authority to purify and to forgive. We give him authority in our life to actually cleanse us. When we give him that authority and turn from that sin, walk away from it and walk in the light, then we find forgiveness. God doesn't forgive us because he loves us. He sent Jesus because he loves us. He he forgives us when we ask. He, He forgives us when we turn from sin, when we repent of it, and we ask in the name and the authority of Jesus, the one who lived and died and rose again, who paid a sin debt for us. When we do that, then we can experience walking in the light. We can experience the cleansing. Until we do, until we align our life to his life, until we choose to walk in the light, until we submit to his authority, we cannot fully experience his love, his power, his light. But when we do, we can. It's available. Words and walk aligning together. Daily anchored in a relationship with Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can choose better and we can reflect him. But here's the thing. The invitation for us today is that we don't need to be good at doing great things. That's not, that's not the thing. We don't need to be good at doing great things, but rather doing good things with great love. That's what we're called to do. All we need is love. And what John tells us about Jesus in here is only what Jesus has already told us about himself. But John is helping us understand, to be able to lean into understanding what it is to have fellowship. The, the issue is not salvation in this conversation, in these six verses we're looking at. The issue is fellowship. Because we can enjoy fellowship with God through Jesus. And even when we stumble into darkness, it doesn't mean we're not saved. It just means we don't have fellowship when we step into the darkness. Yet as we walk in the light, we can enjoy fellowship with God and we can experience the cleansing of Jesus because his blood paid a sin debt to cover sins past, present, and future. Whenever we come into a relationship with him and submit to his authority, if we choose him who is the light, we don't need to be good at doing great things. Rather, we just need to be willing to do good things with great love. And I wonder, as you process that reality and the words that John wrote, where you are in that journey, where you are in even processing where God's waiting for you to align your heart and your mind and soul and strength so that he can pour out his love and his life and his light on you. Where is he waiting for you to stop choosing darkness and to choose light, to live in fellowship with him? You and I are saved by faith alone in Jesus. But the saving faith that allows us to step in a relationship with God is never alone. Our, our, our faith has a walk. It's expressed and lived out in a life. And it's the life we live here on this earth. And what John tells us is that walking in light is possible because of Jesus. It's not about being perfect, but it's about living and loving out of his perfect love. And as we continue to walk through the, the letter of 1 John, we'll see that light prevails over darkness. We'll see that, that light wins and it overcomes, yet we have to choose it. It's the either-or paradigm. It's a space, not where we can have our cake and eat it too, but it's a space where we choose light and life over the other things that get in the way of experiencing Him. It's either-or, not both-and. And we can have light and life in Him who is light and life as we chase Him and pursue Him with great love. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for the access we have to you through Jesus. May you help us be a people who act in great love. People not trying to just improve ourselves, but to be a people who more clearly reflect you. So as my friends process what it looks like to to step back in 
to the light with you and to stop choosing darkness or maybe to, to find fellowship again with someone where it's been broken. May your power and your love prevail. And may you lead us in the fullness of what it means to be sons and daughters of the Most High God, beloved sons and daughters. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.
left a crimson stain He washed it white as snow so grateful that in Jesus we don't find a pressure to perform, but instead an invitation into a journey. That's exactly what we see in the scriptures we looked at today. This invitation to step out of darkness and into light. An invitation to journey in the way of love together. And as Heritage Church, we are passionate about providing space where you and I can walk that journey in circles of relationship. So we encourage you, check out our Church Center app or heritageqc.com. And there, especially in the app, 
You'll find all of our events listed right at your fingertips. You'll find ways to register for things like in-person worship gatherings or virtual learning groups. It's not too late to be part of the one that's running right now. You'll find information about the reading plan we discussed earlier and opportunities to connect with us in social media. Each of those are great ways to take part in this journey of love and light together. You don't have to do all of them, but we really encourage you, find one where you connect in next level relationship with us, with God, with your purpose, as we take these next steps together. You'll be so glad you did. And along the way, you'll find that you are being transformed more and more into who Jesus is inviting you to be. It's exciting. It's wonderful to take these steps together. And so we encourage you, take your next step today.